In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause, rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Cole Bennett. Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescence, ours and theirs. Hi, Cara. Vanessa. We got a great question from a listener. It was kind of a while ago now. So we want to thank them for their patience and are taking a while to answer the question. But here it is. She basically was asking like, how do I know if something is appropriate for my kid to watch or not? And how do I handle it if I think it's like, on the line, do I let them watch it or not? And like, what kind of conversations should I be having if I'm not so sure, but I'm going to let them watch it? How do I handle engaging on these things? And we've gotten similar questions from other people. Maybe it's about Outer Banks. Maybe it's about Big Mouth. Maybe in my house, it was about Bridgerton. So it's a super common question. And so I think we should start out broad, Cara, and then kind of get into some nitty gritty. You followed any of those news stories that have come out recently about how there are no G-rated movies in the theaters right now? I did see that. Right. Yeah. So I think that's the beginning of the problem is that everything feels like it has escalated up a little bit too. Right. I mean, right. So whether the kid you're asking about is in grade school, you know, in grammar school or or in high school, I think there is no one who is immune to this question. 
really. And then there's sort of like, where does appropriateness end and conversation starter begin, right? Because you and I talk endlessly about how inappropriate or limit pushing content can sometimes be the best place to start conversations. But it's hard because, you know, you don't want to create a situation where you're teeing up a visual or sort of a piece of entertainment that a kid's not ready for. And so when you say, let's start broad, I mean, Vanessa, when we say inappropriate, you want to list off some of the things here? It's not short, that list. I mean, we're also, I would say we're at one end of what we let our kids or have let our kids watch. I mean, your kids are now- In terms of sex or language, but like there's violence. There's That's what I was going to say. There's stuff that is, I mean that on the sex side of things. I know I'm sure people (laughs) find that really surprising that we both let our kids watch a lot of content that has sexual topics. I'm not like- porn. We're not sitting there and watching porn with them, but just shows that have sexual content. But then like, I don't like scary movies. I'm terrified of scary movies. That's the worst. And I don't really like my kids watching it. I don't even like the ads they have when they watch the NFL. There's some often horror movie ads while they're watching football. Or if you have a kid on YouTube, this happened in my house. One of my kids was watching YouTube. He was young. He was like, I don't know, six. And he was watching some show. And then they were having horror movie ads sprinkled in. It was like a kid's show. So horror, violence, that kind of stuff, I'm really not on board with. But like, you know, you have the Marvel movies and you have all the superhero stuff. And those are quite violent. So different people might say, oh, I can't believe you let your kids watch like stuff with sex in it, but you won't let them watch violence. Like there is, everybody has a different appetite for some of this stuff. This so reminds me of the dilemma you and I have had in terms of social media content. And when we make content about anatomy or biology, I mean, we've been censored when we talk about boobs, but Yet, you know, there can be an ad for something that's completely violent, aggressive, terrifying, and that's not censored, right? So the question of appropriateness is, you're right. I mean, I think we have to begin by sort of saying to the adult who's asking the question, A, in what realm are you talking about inappropriateness? And B, for what age kid? And those are the two entry points questions. And that will shape the conversation around appropriateness going forward. I always like to say to my kids that when it comes to content they don't want to watch, use me as the excuse and say, you're not allowed. Like just, that's fine. I mean, my kids are a little old for that. Yours are older. (laughs) At 18 and 20. But when they were younger, I would always say, make me the reason, oh, I'm not, you know, we're watching a horror movie for, you know, this sleepover party. Oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not allowed to watch is a way of getting out of it if you really don't want to. But, you know, they have to be armed with the why. Yeah. So the horror movie, if like you have a track record of a kid who is up in the middle of the night with nightmares. After <laughs> because I won't watched... sleep for three months. Yes. Correct. So then yes. you can say like, you have nightmares. You got to yeah. sleep. Sleep is super important. My sleep is super important. Sorry, you can't watch it. We had a situation recently where my 13-year-old really wanted to watch The Wolf of Wall Street. And 
we put it on together. We were like, okay, but we have to watch it together. I had never seen it. And we put it on. And within five minutes, I was like, oh, oh no, we're not watching this movie. I mean, there was stuff going on that I was like, I had never seen this kind of thing. And I won't get to... And that's not a new movie. No, but there's, you know, what happens is, and this, this is interesting for people, TikTok drives new interest in old content. So like, there must have been some videos on TikTok and he was like, oh, this is a whole thing. Or like, there was a movie recently. I was like, have you seen that movie? And he was like, I mean, basically I've watched like all the clips on TikTok. So sometimes those, you might be like, where is this request coming from? It's often because they're on another platform that is somehow taken an interest in, or like my kids know all these songs that we grew up with because they're on Which TikTok. is awesome. Which is awesome. Which is great. I'm always so proud. And then I'm like, oh, I can't take credit for it. But also nostalgia gives a pass. Like Wolf of Wall Street is not a new movie. And I think sometimes when we think about content, we we think, oh, something that's 10 or 15 or 20 years old couldn't possibly be as, quote, bad as something that's out now. And so we give it a pass. So, okay, I'll give you a really funny example. I have a great example. Yeah, you go. Okay, here's mine. When my daughter was in first or second grade, she had a friend come over for a play date and they really wanted to watch a movie. And my husband at that time was really committed to getting our kids interested in classic movies. So he, like thinking he was being really cool, he's like, oh, let's watch The Sting. That's a great classic movie. With a first grader? With a first grader, okay. And he was thinking it was elevated content, right? He was giving it the, the stamp of nostalgic approval. Well, the first opening scene of the movie, there was a burlesque dancer (laughs) who had tassels on her nipples and nothing else. And she's doing this dance (laughs) and this friend is, and I was like, we have got to turn off the movie. You know, this is, and he was horrified. and, And he said, I didn't remember. I remembered it being, you know, it was the content that I remembered and was the way my brain framed it. Of course, I wouldn't have turned it on. And of course, it's a running joke now that like he knew no bounds of, but we don't remember that it's not just brand spanking new content. How about the bad news bears? Oh my my goodness. I had a friend over (laughs) for a sleepover. They were like in third grade. Who remembers that Walter Matthau swears his mouth off and is a raging alcoholic in that movie? I'm like, oh my God. So one suggestion is if you're considering a movie, or a show, watch a little of it first and get a sense. Don't watch the whole thing. Who has time for that? But watch some of it and get a sense for if your memory of it is actually true to the reality of it. That's one thing. So that's generally violence, sex, any of it. In terms of violence, everyone has a different appetite. But if it's affecting your kid in a negative way, if it's making them more aggressive towards other people in your household, if it's keeping them up at night. If it doesn't jive with your value system. Yeah, then you can say, like, this is our rule. We can revisit this in a couple of years when you're a little bit older and you can make the case. But right now I'm saying no. The area that I also find really tough is drug use and alcohol abuse in TV and and film. That is one that I really, really find hard. My son went on a Narcos watching binge and then 
Breaking Bad. And then, you know, everyone other than me was super into euphoria. And, you know, the thread through all of those, right? They're all actually amazing shows. They're amazing shows and creative and interesting and well-written. And they are, are very, very strong through lines about drugs that without contextualizing for your kids or without having conversation, that's a lot for a kid right. to see. And so again, my my son was older when he watched all of it and he watched it, especially the the narcos and breaking bad of it all with his dad. It was like they would both, you know, right. they would both watch separately and then they would talk about it endlessly. I did not watch because it just wasn't interesting to me. And I'm sad it wasn't interesting to me because I know they're outset like I just couldn't get into it despite how interesting they are creatively because of the drug content. Right. So, you know, everyone's got their own limits and that's another piece of this. Yeah. I mean, the the next area of sort of not clear if this is okay are shows that have sexist jokes, off-color jokes. I mean, I think there's still racist content being made out there. Like there was a show, I guess it was, was it American Dad? I think it was American Dad. My youngest child, of course, was watching that. And we were kind of like, oh, this is kind of funny. And then there was like a few times where the comments were unkind to somebody else, to a whole group of people or to a character who represented those people. And I said to him, I was like, what do you think of that? That's not something we would ever say. That seems like a pretty awful thing to say. And he was like, yeah, you're right. And it happened a couple more times. And I finally looked at him and I was like, I don't like what this show is conveying to you. Like, this is making me uncomfortable. I don't think we should watch it anymore. And it had happened enough that he looked at me and he was like, yeah, I think I should find something else to watch. Like I didn't do it the first time, although I guess I could have, like I'm within my rights as his parent to do it, but it happened. There was enough of a pattern where he was on board and said, yeah, I think you're right. Like, I don't think I should be watching this. Also, I think the more specific you can get about the reason why something's uncomfortable, the more you build the skill set where now you're not there. Your kid is at someone else's house. They're watching the content that you've already agreed probably shouldn't be consumed. And then other kids start embodying the conversation or the language or whatever. And it empowers your kid not to become part of that, right? So like, for instance, if there is offensive, you know, sort of racist language being used, let's use that as an example. And that's why you're uncomfortable with the content of a show. You can explain that to your kid and you can give them the why. Then if that show is playing in the background when they're over at someone's house and then those kids start using the same language and sort of doing what kids do, which is invoking what they see, your kid can sort of have that mental check. Mm, I'm not going to participate in this. And they might actively not participate. They might say something, right? Or they might just hold out, but you embolden them with that value if you've explained the why. Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep. 
and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky and I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, Magnesium Breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, Magnesium Breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie Horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is factors ready to eat meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order, go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal. And even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. 
Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. Yeah, I mean, the the area I think we can dive into a little deeper because this is probably what people are most curious about our take on are the shows like with sex and sexual content and like, are kids ever too young to see certain things? So like we've gotten questions about Outer Banks, we've gotten questions about Big Mouth, we've gotten questions about a lot of shows. And the sex in shows is more explicit and the commentary, you know, the dialogue about sex is way, way more explicit than it used to be. And the people doing sexual things seem younger than in the content that was created when we were younger. So if my kid is going to watch something that I'm not so sure about, but I'm like open to it, my first rule of thumb is I have to watch with them. Even if I don't really want to watch with them, I will watch with them. Because if something's off, like in The Wolf of Wall Street, for instance, I can't even say out loud what was happening in the scene that caused me to just immediately turn off the TV. And watching with them, serves two purposes. One, so that if something comes up and it's wildly inappropriate for them to see, you can make the call in real time and turn it off. But two, if you're like, oh, okay, they can watch this, but there are so many opportunities to have conversations with them about what you're seeing. So you, Cara, always talk about the teachable moment. And so you can pause the TV and say, huh, the way those people are making out is making me feel uncomfortable. Like it doesn't seem consensual. What do you think? Right? And then it's an opportunity to talk about an important topic that you're trying to educate your kid about anyways. But then there's the question of like, if you say, no, you can't watch it, right, Cara, then what do they just turn around and do? Well, right. And they either turn around and watch it in your house secretly or they turn around and watch it somewhere else, right? right? Because the coveted thing is the temptation sometimes. And so I think that gets to the heart of the question that we received and versions of it that we have received over time, which is sort of if it's out there, especially if it's popular, Mm -hmm. if something is in the zeitgeist, if everyone is talking about something, then what do you do? And if you have older kids in your house who are watching it, and this younger kid is not allowed to watch it, then they feel, I mean, listen, I grew up in a house where we watched every R-rated movie. And then, I mean, it was like Porky's and Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Weekend at Bernie's. I mean, it was like, we watched everything in my house. And I don't know. I don't know if it was like a policy decision by my parents or they were just like, we're exhausted. Go pick what you want at the VHS store. You know, Vanessa, it's so funny because there's also this thing that happens in the exact opposite direction where there are some kids who like to age down. Mm-hmm. They actually, they find comfort yes, in watching totally. younger material. And sometimes as they get older and older, you're like, mm, really? You're still watching this show? This, you know, the whatever Barbie Dreamhouse show or whatever. There are times where one can wonder if pushing the bounds up is worrisome. And other times where you can wonder where, should they push the bounds a little bit more? Or are they just seeking comfort? But I'm going to say to the latter that it's absolutely fine to use young and nostalgic content as like a little, a little 
safety blanket, a yeah. little bit of comfort. Like when I was growing up, it was Saturday night. It was Love the Boat, Love Boat. Island, right? Yes. And Love I wasn't Boat. allowed to stay up for Fantasy Island. It was well, and let me just tell you, Love Boat was always happy, feel good, right? And there was a drama with a lowercase d and then everything worked out. Was fine. And Fantasy Island always had two storylines and one was warm and fuzzy and one was downright terrifying. And it just, it was really interesting to sort of see. And I was very aware at the time when I wanted to turn off the TV after the love boat. And Mm -hmm. when I was interested in going to fantasy Island, because you knew what you were going to get delivered. So having those conversations with your kids about being able to anticipate what you're seeing, there's so much more content out there. Let's start with that. And access to access content. points. There are so many more devices to watch it on. How many TVs were in your house when you were growing up? One. Okay. Right. Now think about in your house, number of screens, mm-hmm. probably uncountable, mm-hmm. right? And all of those screens deliver endless content. So it's a lot. It's a lot to think about. I sometimes I really just wish it was love boat days. I mean, the weird thing is also, I feel like kids, because their attention span has been trained by TikTok and other short form video, like sometimes they don't even want to watch a movie or even a show. Like they just want to watch quick, short videos. And I mean, it's so weird, but we've basically been forcing our kids. I mean, it started in COVID, but ever since then to like watch long form content because it's so important for them to understand storytelling, like a longer narrative set of storytelling and to hold that attention span. I mean, it's Vanessa, 10 minutes is long form content content now. I mean, it's it's so, so it's so nuts. So I want to leave people with some guidance on how to have some conversations with kids. If they're being hounded, by a kid to be allowed to watch a certain thing or... Because let's acknowledge where we've landed. We've landed nowhere, right? We've landed... (laughs) We've we've asked and not answered the question, how do you help regulate your kid's content? And I think it's really fair to say the answer is it's going to be different for everyone. Right. But there are certain conversational tools that you can use. And so this is where our advice really comes in. Okay, Vanessa, go. This is where we're going to be useful. <laughs> so I think if a kid is asking to watch something and your spidey sense goes off, the first question is, oh, interesting. Why do you want to watch it? Or where did you hear about it? Or what feels interesting about that, right? Like make them do a little bit of the work. Because if you just immediately say no or shut it down, You've done two things. You've missed the opportunity to get some information from them. And you've set up like a sense of conflict between the two of you rather than a conversation. So get curious, get a little more information. If you know it's a show that you're like, no way am I letting you watch that show. Again, let them do the work. Hey, kiddo, I don't think that's appropriate for you. Why do you think I might be saying that? And and then they could say something like, well, I know someone gets murdered by a chainsaw in the first 12 minutes of the movie. Yes, exactly. But it's the blurry line areas. It's the I'm not sure or maybe areas that are harder. So I'll give you an example. And then Cara, I'm sure you have a slightly different approach than I do. 
in my house, my kids want to watch Big Mouth, understandably, because it's their uncle's show. But I made a rule, you had to be 12. Now, many people would say 12 is really too young to watch a show like Big Mouth because there is a lot of content that some of it's just downright gross. Some of it's just weird and surreal. And a lot of it is really great information for kids about puberty and adolescence and navigating all that stuff. I made it a little young because it's my brother and they really wanted to watch it. But the deal was that I watched it with them. The first season we watched together so we could be in conversation. season one four times. Well, my older boys were like, by the time they were old enough that they were no longer 12 and they were like, I I can't watch this with you, mom. I'm happy to talk to you about it after I've watched, but I cannot bear to sit with you and watch it. My youngest happily watched the whole thing with me and engaged in all sorts of conversation and then went off and watched the rest of the seasons all by himself, like basically in a week flat. But I think that if you're not sure and you want to set a boundary, you can set an age either at which they will be allowed to watch it or at which you're willing to revisit the conversation about them watching it. I think that's a perfect boundary to set with one giant asterisk, which is, and some kids will lie. Right. So some kids will well, go along all with kids our will lie about something. Which is developmentally <laughs> appropriate. Yes. It doesn't mean you're raising a sociopath. No, you're not raising a sociopath. But I think it's important to acknowledge that I'm imagining the story that you're telling unfolding and you being under the sweet assumption that your youngest actually did wait until he was 12 to watch the whole show. And actually he maybe consumed it before he was 12. Not to say that he did. I'm just saying there's a version of the truth for some, whether it's Big Mouth or another show where they tell us what we want to hear and then they do something else. So I like how you did that. And I think that that approach is applicable, but I think the giant asterisk is to call out for your kids when you know there's temptation and access to not abide by our limit. So it is not that hard to get on to Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus or any of them and consume content that your older siblings have been allowed to consume that you haven't. Any child born in today's world knows how to navigate that very easily. And I do think part of the conversation is here's the reason for the limit. Here's why I feel the way I feel. And by the way, if you break the limit or the rule that I'm setting and you tell me that you've done it, we're going to have a much more productive conversation that if you break the limit that I'm setting and I find out later, I think that's the follow through that's important. In my kids' experience, I would say the trickiest thing had been, and again, I'm using past because at 18 and 20, they're old enough that I think a lot of this is moot now, but the lessons stay with them. You know, there were times when they were exposed to content when they were over at friends' houses, and it it actually wasn't what they would have chosen, but they were with a group. They didn't want to be the one to say no. They didn't mind seeing it, but they knew it was against my wishes. 
And then they felt a little bit of shame and they did not tell me because they thought either they'd be in trouble or I would be judgy or I wouldn't let them go over to that kid's house again. Right. Or, right there were consequences that they were not willing to face. And so it would come out two or three years later, you know, oh yeah, I already saw that. Remember that, you know, sixth grade birthday party and okay, that's going to happen. Right. You got to, you got to, you got to let go. I mean, the worst movies my kids have ever seen is when we're on planes. Oh, totally. I mean, they have watched some shocking stuff on airplanes. I know we're going to wrap up, but I'm going to wrap up with this comment. I love the show Veep. I think Veep is a brilliant show with language, the likes of which I had no idea existed in that show until I actually started watching it. And we watched it this summer, years and years and years after it was first made. Every time I get on a plane, I see Veep as an option in my viewing on a plane. And now that I have watched that show, I cannot believe, I can't wait to get back on a plane because I want to see how they handle the language in that show on airplanes. There are value systems and there are value systems, right? There's what you wish for and what you want your kids to consume and whatnot. And then they're sort of like, wow, this is where the new bar is set. And I say this with total love for that content. It's an, an amazing, amazing, amazing show that's like the dirtiest show. It's it's crazy. I mean, every time I say to my kids, like, have you seen that? Oh yeah. Where did you see it? On a plane. On an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> like, plane. Every time. So I'm sorry that we didn't give the listener a definitive answer, but we hope we've offered up some guidelines. And the last thing I will say is it is our right as parents to sometimes say, no, you're not allowed. And I'm sorry. I know that's disappointing, but that is my rule. And yes, they might go around us and yes, they might secretly watch it, but there's still power in taking a stand and saying, this is not appropriate for this reason. And I am saying no. And there is software that you can install in your home that will flag when this content is being consumed. And our advice is always, if you choose to go down that path, tell your kids first. It's a much more effective deterrent if they know there's something that's going to catch them. It becomes a trust issue if you make it a gotcha moment. So. Those are interesting devices and worth looking at across the board that flag everything from streamed content to social media content. But don't do it without letting everyone in your family know, hey, this is something that we're doing now. All right, Cara, as ever, the non-answer answer is where we land. (laughs) Bye, Vanessa. Bye. We absolutely love hearing your feedback and getting all your questions. So anytime you want to be in touch, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for great puberty products like the Oom shorts or the Oom socks or the Oom bra, you get the theme there, go to myoomla.com. If you want more content, you love what we do on the Puberty Podcast, and you want to have us come speak or learn more about our book or subscribe to our amazing newsletter, The Awkward Roller Coaster, go to orderofmagnitude.co. Remember, it's .co because we don't have enough money to buy .com. Yet. 
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 